Alright, welcome back finally to Mon Men. I am Yanata Blue here once again with I'm stepping over your line, Michael Darling. <laughs> uh, it's been a little while. We've been out of we've been we got fat over the holiday season. It's been it's been a it's been a long time, Mr. Darling. Welcome I am back. Big bone, thank you very much. <laughs> oh well I I am just full of joy and happiness to be back, listeners. And like joining a Trinidadian us Santa Claus. <laughs> All right. Oh. Joining us today is improviser and comedian, one Miss Mandy Brassard. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. So, Mandy, a uh, question we always like to ask the listeners to start off each episode and uh, or ask our guest each time we start off the episode. And there's no wrong answer here. Oh, no. What is your experience with Pokemon? So, I remember watching the show in elementary school. And my sister and I collected a bunch of the cards... But I think that that's, I don't think I had a firm understanding of like ranking or anything. Hmm. We just liked what they looked like. Oh yeah. Perfect for the podcast. (laughs) So you never played the game, you never played the card game either. Uh, I think my sister and I played the game a couple times, but it was only notable because my sister swallowed one of the marbles. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. But recently, because recently I was heading home and I was like, I remember like, we collected a ton of the cards, so like I remembered having like a lot of like the shiny ones and everything. <laughs> and I was like, I wonder if like they're worth anything. <laughs> and I'm like searching through stuff, searching through stuff, and I'd use them in some collage that I <laughs> like paper macheed them all. <laughs> oh. In some house on Mango Street student project. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, the house on Charizard Street. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Ah, oh, that's good. So normally this is where we'd be playing Mon Mom, right? Yep, but unfortunately due to uh, holiday delays and my own ineptitude of transferring data over to my new computer that we're recording on i do not have the recording so we'll be bringing mon mom back uh next episode but for now we're just going to dive right into this uh gener- uh generation starters um so as you may remember we actually capped off uh the episode run at the end of last year finishing the original 151 um so this episode is going to be a little bit more robust we're going to have nine pokemon to discuss this uh, this episode um you know, three families that are pretty similar with internally, so there yeah. aren't big jumps in this one. Yeah, I think this one. Uh, I think this one is going to be a little bit more streamlined. So, uh, Mr. Darling, if you want, just go ahead and queue us up with the uh, first set of Pokemon that we're going to discuss. All right. So, if you are starting as a young twelve-year-old in the Johto region, you have your choice of Chikorita, a grass-type kind of dinosaur-y thing, Cyndaquil, a kind of fire mouse-type thing. And Totodile, which is clearly just a little cute, adorable alligator crocodile thing that is water type. So let's start with the Chikorita line, which, as I said, grass type. Yeah, so Chikorita, we're going to, you know, just because I think it's always inevitable that you're going to kind of have to, like, mix your discussion and conversation about the three, because I feel like they kind of play off each other with these uh, and how they evolve. Hmm. You've got three-stage evolution, as with every starter. You've got Chikorita, Bayleaf, and Meganium. Um, I, for one, am a big fan of the Bayleaf name, um, <laughs> and also, but also baffled as to why it's spelled with two E's as opposed to L-E-A-F. Like, I don't understand what they're going for there. I, know, I think they just didn't want it to be literally the thing. I mean, or come on. going off of the house on Mango Street thing, <laughs> right around then, I stopped spelling my name with a Y and went with an I <laughs> just to mix things up. So it could just be kind of a preteen, like, 
Oh, I actually spell it with two E's. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so on your birth certificate, is it with a Y? I'm Amanda on my birth certificate. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh. You heard it here first, listeners. <laughs> yeah, I just can't think of you as an Amanda. That's, I know. Yeah, I've known you a decade. And yeah. 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 It's just kind of settled in. Yeah. There's no going back now. Yeah. <laughs> it's that magical time in your life where you get to reinvent yourself just once. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like uh, in L.A. Story, the Steve Martin movie from like 92 or so, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's character is, oh, God, I'm blanking on the name, but she's like Jessica or something, but she spells it with an I, with a star, and <laughs> there's a few other weird flourishes to it. Welcome back. I'm about to make my first community reference of the new generation. God, we didn't I even spell, make it 10 minutes in. I spell Kendra with a Q-U. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, F. Scott Fitzgerald once said that there are no second acts in American <laughs> lives. <laughs> Way to prove him wrong. <laughs> he was talking about teenagers changing their name to Mandy with not. But sometimes I think about my obituary and just a picture of like this elderly woman and then it's like Mandy with an eye. <laughs> I wonder I wonder what the responsibility of the journalist is to do that. And darling, you're the uh, more journalistic of the two of us. Is it would they write her name as Mandy and then put in parentheses Amanda? Or oh, would it be well, Amanda quotes Mandy? Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like it would be the quotes. Yeah. Like, that's usually what you see on Wikipedia. Yeah. It always, like, Prince, when he died, no one had in his obituary, Prince Roger Nelson, a.k.a. Prince. A.k.a. the artist formerly known <laughs> as Prince. A.k.a. the love symbol. Can you imagine if he died while he was still the love symbol? It would have been amazing to me if they'd had to write an obituary with that symbol throughout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By the way, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's character is named Sandy. That's S with a capital S, A, N, lowercase, both of those, uppercase D, lowercase E, uppercase E, and then a star at the end. Oh, well, then I'll just do that from now on. <laughs> Good Lord, that's like a Zodiac killer puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting here hoping that the name was going to be Karen just because of the memes. Oh, God. <laughs> like, Sarah Jessica Parker should just play every Karen character from here till the end of time. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, have you ever seen Smart People? There was a weird run Smart of, like, people? a period in, like, the early 2010s where there was blank people movies coming out. Oh, kind yeah. of like the run of the The Bands back in the early 2000s. <laughs> So there was funny people, well, smart the people. The bands are eternal. Like, there's my favorite from the 80s, the the. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, the the is great. It's just hilarious that they were like, fuck it, let's do it. I love just the intonation of how you said their name just now. The the. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. And they're my new favorite band. I don't need to listen to any of their music. <laughs> it's very much a Hansel from Zoolander situation. <laughs> I don't listen to any of their music, but just the fact that they're making it, man, I really respect it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so there were the people movies. Okay, so this is a uh, so yeah, so this is a Pokemon podcast. I'm gonna get us back off, <laughs> off of this track for a second. <laughs> no, I wanted to hear you rant about the people movies first. <laughs> oh, the the people movies. Um, it's uh, well, Sarah Jessica Parker was in the one with Dennis Quaid. Uh, smart people. Um, it also had a uh, I think it was a pre-Juno Ellen Page. I'm not sure when the movie came out exactly. Um, it was around that and time. And a. Think. Uh, Tom Christian Hayden, I think is his name. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church. There we go. I'm mixing. Um, I'm definitely doing like a mashup of some other actors. <laughs> you know, there the we go. Sandman from Spider-Man Three. We all love him. <laughs> yeah, he was also in Sideways, where he was much better. God, I. I feel like there's like four of those guys with like. The, I'm gonna put Dennis Quaid in that category of guys with like generally the same face shape, same build, and like just a kind of like bland enough persona that you're like, oh, which one was in the movie? 
<laughs> I mean, Thomas Hayden Church at least has like a super low voice. It's kind of like more gravelly than Will Arnett's. Yeah. Uh, so he's got that going for him. He's kind of like if Eric Roberts like took a shower. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely. I think that I actually oh, think I was about to good. say that he looks to me like he belongs in almost every Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. You're right. For whatever reason, but that he just got edged out by Steve Buscemi. Because he's kind of occupying that same space of like he's a little too handsome, so ugly that he's enchanting. Like he's definitely not like conventionally handsome, but he does have like yeah. that whole like to be hot you have to be a little bit ugly type of thing going yeah, on. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, Shemi's more classically weird, I'd say. Yeah. Whereas Thomas Hayden Church looks like he's just not handsome enough to be a star. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, he definitely I, I, he always strikes me as that guy who's like grizzled and was definitely like star quarterback type of looking dude back when he was younger. He's got cowboy stepdad energy. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Wrangler jeans energy for sure. Like, did you need a ride to the game? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, I can give you a ride while I'm on the way out to meet the boys for bowling night. (laughs) Okay, mom told you to take me. (laughs) And then I'll just give you some really, like, down-to-earth folksy advice that makes you just believe in the good (laughs) But then there's just, like, a little bit of threatening that he throws in there at the end. It's just like, and if you do this, you're dead. I think he's also the I think he's also the stepdad that shows up just when you're getting bullied after school too, <laughs> and like scares off all the bullies. Just yes. With, uh, yes. What's going on here, boys? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know who definitely doesn't scare bullies off? Chikorita. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back. Thank you. Look at this little cutie. Yeah. It's it redeems- adorable. So, long-time listeners may remember that I'm not the biggest fan of Bulbasaur. This is totally <laughs> like a counterpoint to that because Chikorita is adorable, in my opinion. And it's just, it's it's honestly as if somebody took my feed, feedback on Bulbasaur and then made, remade a grass <laughs> Pokemon just for me, based on my notes on Bulbasaur. It's got a as, necklace. As someone catching up, can I get your thoughts on Bulbasaur? I think it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> It just looks like the kind of thing that, like, if I had to pick it up, I'd expect it to be, like, if I squeezed it too hard, it would just, like, ooze a little bit. <laughs> like, I picture, like, a frog with, like, a little bit more of, like, a marzipan texture. Oh, God. Okay, I, to- I can totally see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on the other hand, just looks like, it just looks like it has, like, a very, like, good, like, reptilian texture oh, yeah. to it. Oh, yeah. Like, it just has, like, puppy a good energy. lizard. Yeah. Total adorable puppy energy. Yeah. It's wow. pure sweetness and light right there. Yeah. I mean, the bright eyes and everything like that. Yeah. I love that for this whole line, <laughs> like, they have the shinies that give it more of a fall foliage look. Oh, yeah. And I definitely love it when they do that sort of twist on it. There was, um, there's an artist that I shared with Darling, and I could put, probably dig it up and show, put it in the show notes, but somebody did, like, fall foliage variations of a bunch of other Pokemon. So they did Bulbasaur with a little pumpkin on his back. Aww. That Bulbasaur I'm a fan of. <laughs> like, purple skin, pumpkin on his back. Totally cute. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, mentioning the necklace around the uh, neck, I got, like, I was I put this in the notes that I got, like, total Regina George vibes. Like, Ooh. post-bus I bus accident. I can for sure see that. And it definitely has, like, the vibe of, like, being, like, a very pretty Pokemon. Like, mm. it's very... At least, at least like, the first two evolutions, I feel like. Like, Meganium is definitely, like, a unit, as the kids say. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it's a tank. It's an adorable tank. I feel like you could ride on Meganium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just sit back and, you know, charge. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, so, speaking of Mean Girls, I did want to... I did put... I also put this in the notes that... Somehow that's the only Tina Fey project I could think of that has aged 
remarkably well. Um, I went back and watched 30 Rock like la- at the end of last year leading up to the holidays, and wow, those first few seasons are full oh. of cringe. Hmm. It's real bad. Really? I mean, put it this way. It's a semi-regular joke throughout to use uh, to make fun of people as being gay as a uh, derogative as a oh really pejorative mm. yeah mm. like I mean, throughout that's weird i just recently reread her book and was shocked how many times i was like oh huh. and that's maybe i guess it could be like 10 years old yeah like 2012 i think was when i read that so yeah i mean i think it's very much a case where and i haven't I can't remember what the latest project I've seen her work on is. I think she has. She's supposed to have a sitcom coming out. I know. Um, she's yeah. been working on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, obviously, but that's been on hiatus. Uh, They've got a movie coming up for mm-hmm. Netflix, but outside of that, that's done. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a thing she's working on with uh, Ted Danson, where he's an idiot who becomes mayor of L.A. Hmm. Yeah. How? Not too far from the truth, am I right? comedy just ages so badly i mean even mean girls you couldn't do the gaining weight jokes huh yeah 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 well i wonder i like i'm like i feel like most of that movie ages well and i feel like because girls have always been mean to each other <laughs> and, I think, and, I think that, and i think the one thing i'd say about the uh, about the about the fat shaming in and the body shaming aspect of that joke is the fact that it's clearly the mean girls that are doing yeah. it so it's at least and i always say that like you can include things, but you have to, as a writer, socially responsibly place things in a context of like, this happens, but it's clearly bad. Yeah. So that stuff is being done by the girls who are shallow and totally. wrong-headed. It'd be one that it'd be a different thing if you had like, I don't know, the parents doing it or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, then it would be in like that weird gray area where you're like, wait, is that something that's that's being condoned here? That like a reasonable adult is making fun of her for that? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's always kind of the responsible place you have to put those things so i still say mean girl i stand by mean girls for the most part hmm. i feel like yeah oh yeah and then I'll, I'll go back on my comedy statement by saying like parks and rec i rewatch all the time and it's aged pr- pretty well yeah <laughs> i there's, mean well, there's always i mean so the, poli- the politician cameo is not so much yeah <laughs> and i think there's a nanny cam joke that for sure you can't do now i hmm. feel like another one that's aged surprisingly well is Dumb and Dumber. Like I haven't really? watched it in a little that's... while, but I remember watching it maybe like a year ago. And it's first off structurally, it's a perfect comedy in my opinion. Like hmm. it is the best modern example I of like don't true think I've comedy. Ever seen Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber is. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a very strange, unique movie. I mean, hmm. it's Fairly Brothers, like being the Fairly Brothers, but it's. But yeah, I can't think of a single like truly problematic thing about it. Um, which is very strange for the era that it came out during that like weird yeah. 90s period where there was so much shit that once you look back on it, it's like full of cringe. Well, yeah, yeah. well, the Farley brothers created that and still going strong through Green Book, so. <laughs> yeah, I think what happened was is that the Farley brothers actually managed to do it somewhat responsibly in their movie, where literally all the jokes are pretty much at the expense of the two dumb guys at the center of the movie. Hmm. Um, but then... But then everybody tried to copy that kind of zany style, mm. and they did it really boorishly. Hmm. Like, Dumb and Dumber is actually a pretty, like, well-mapped-out, three-act structure of a movie. Um, that, it, true to classic comedy form, begins exa- like ends exactly where it began. Um, which is, the two of them have no money. They have no prospects <laughs> romantically or professionally. And they're just wandering up the road and just completely missing out on... <laughs> now I have to Im- watch it. 
I, d- d- let me know. I saw the Conjoined Twins movie in theaters. Oh, wow. <laughs> I saw it with my sister. <laughs> Stuck on you? Yep. That was what, Matt Damon? Matt Damon and uh, Greg Kinnear. Ooh. Greg Kinnear, another Hollywood man who never quite found his footing yeah. in like a thing. A little too handsome to be a character guy, but not handsome enough to be a leading guy. Although he's in the last season of Kimmy Schmidt, which has an excellent Cats joke, where the premise of it is that they go to Cats, and Titus Andronicles, wait, no, uh, tri- Titus Andromedon uh, realizes, wait a minute, I can just go on stage in costume, and they will just accept me as being part of the show? And that's what Cats is. It's just mm-hmm. actors going on stage, <laughs> and they've created these characters, and if they get another role somewhere, they leave, and the character is no longer a part of it. Oh, yeah. So Greg Kinnear gets wind of it, <laughs> and he winds up kind of exposing the whole thing when he comes out as Greg Kapnir. <laughs> <laughs> Both, we had Grisabella double cast in my high school production of Cats, of Cats and I swear... Both of those girls are now happily married and nurses. And I think there's something about <laughs> getting to shine in high school where you don't look for the validation again. You're like, now I can go be a nurse. <laughs> oh, man. So the rest of us are just chasing that high right now. Exactly. Oh. There was definitely a tweet I saw where somebody was speculating about the fact that, like, all the mean girls that they knew in high school had become nurses and what, like, what correlation That's that fine. had to anything. I think that is so true. I My favorite bad nurse story was, I was like a responsible adult getting tested and the nurse went muttered under her breath I never had to have this done because I've only been with my husband <laughs> and the best part was like, her husband was dead so it was like <laughs> I mean it's till death not through death woman <laughs> uh. he's dead go have fun <laughs> No, she's still loyal, still sleeping with him. It's okay. All right, so while we're talking about dumb comedies and given the time of year that we're in, um, you guys saw that tweet where Adam Sandler, like, threatened to make the worst movie imaginable. And my first first thought, and I'm surprised more people didn't say this, was haven't you already made Jack and Jill? (laughs) Oh, he can go lower. Wasn't that the rest of your career? Like, are we going to get, like, the Sandler cut of Jack and Jill? (laughs) Is that what you're saying? I don't know. uh, I haven't seen Uncut Gems yet either. Oh, Uncut Gems is good. It's like experiencing someone else's heart attack for two hours oh speaking what since we touched on what i consider true comedy uncut gems is the best modern example of true tragedy um which oh. is which is Ooh. like true classic tragedy is like follows a single central character and their relentless adherence to a tragic flaw and in uncut gems case like this isn't a spoiler in any kind of way it's yeah. a gambling addiction um, once I realized that about halfway through the movie, it totally changed the framing. Mm-hmm. And like, I went to see it a second time recently. Um, and once you go in knowing that you are watching an addict hmm. and like his like yeah self destruction, you're you the movie just has a very different beat from the Sweet. from the get go because you're seeing because then you're watching everybody as enablers uh-huh. and as like just very a very realistic uh, depiction of how people. Pro, like don't handle friends with addiction or people they know with addiction mm. um, and how easy it can be for an addict to lie, cheat, and steal their way through their addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's, I couldn't watch that a second time in a span of a couple months. Like I'm amazed you did. I was winded afterwards. Yeah. It was definitely, it's definitely an intense movie. Um, but I will say, I mean, I, 
I definitely wanted Adam Sandler to get the nomination. I'm sure we all have takes on this. I definitely wanted him to get the nomination, but I wanted him to get the nomination as his award for that movie. I definitely did. I definitely said he's going to get the nomination, but I do not at all expect him to win. Yeah. Well, f- but to be totally snubbed. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of wonder, and I mean, I'm, and a nomination in itself is an honor. Like, yeah. you know, I think Scarlett Johansson getting her two nominations this year, that counts as her win. Yeah. Like, she's first time that's she, ever happened. Yeah, I don't think she's. I don't well, think she's gonna get uh, either of those wins. Bring but. this no. back to uh, "Stuck on You," the conjoined twins <laughs> movie. You mentioned. I remember seeing the trailer for that in front of I don't know what movie, but it was like Academy Award nominee uh, Matt yes. Damon, Academy Award nominee Greg Kinnear. Like, shares their mother or something. I think that sounds right. Yeah, like maybe let's say Academy Award winner share. Acad- from Academy Award watchers, Peter and whatever the other one is, Fairley. Yeah, like, Sandler would have Academy Award nominee in front of his name until his obituary, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, he didn't get that. Yeah. Um, speaking of Sandler and these nominations, Pacino, who I have to touch on. His Jack and Jill co-star. Jack and Jill <laughs> co-star, which I did not know that that appeared with... There's a scene, and I've had, like, the weird, like, nagging, masochistic desire to rent Jack and Jill <laughs> just to see this thing. Like, because I want to get the full context of Pacino appearing to do a Dunkachino rap. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll link to this in the show notes, because it needs to be seen, just because it's... It's actually funny? I don't know if I can go that far, honestly, but it's weird like it doesn't seem like it should be in that movie from everything i've heard of this movie yeah so i learned about it because uh i listened to the what a time to be alive podcast with uh you know some great twitter personalities and comedians and all that stuff we promise we'll get back to pokemon soon (laughs) i know um and they they played the pacino dunkachino rap (laughs) in it and it's just it literally just it's two seconds of him setting up the fact that it's a dunkachino commercial and then he's just making he's listing movies he's been in (laughs) yeah like he's doing a dunkin donuts ad and he's like, I'm changing my name from Al Pacino to Dunkachino. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw the, Sil- the Sylvester Stallone Instagram video of him having dinner with uh, Guy Fieri and Al Pacino. <laughs> and Al Pacino just looks like... <laughs> Al Pacino just looks like... You know how there are all these couples where like one of the two members of the couple is just not into social media at all? Uh-huh. And just any time they have the camera pointed at them, they just look so like yes. stoically patient with it. So in this polycule, he's that member? In this polycule, he's just like, oh, hey, ready to eat some food. He just refuses to make eye contact with the camera. Before we get back to the Pokemon, I'll just say my th- like, I haven't seen Joker, but my opinions, I'm just like so sick of people getting rewarded for treat, like the process of acting being like, I'm going to treat people like shit for however long we're filming, mm-hmm. where it's like. How's that acting? You're just mm-hmm. in a bad mood for, what, yeah. six months? Yeah. Did you like, see the Robert Pattinson quote where it was like, you only hear about the guy who's, like, being an asshole, and he's like, oh, I was so in character. You never hear about somebody who's, like, being totally lovely, and they're like, oh, I was so in the role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. I mean, it goes back to that uh, classic, I think it was Laurence Olivier and uh, John yeah. Barrymore oh, yes. quote, yeah. where Barrymore kept asking the director, like, what's my motivation? What's my motivation? Like, what should I be doing? Like, And... Laurence Olivier just said, try acting. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, so I'm going to act like <laughs> I know what I'm talking about with these Pokemon now, as I always do. Um, you know, I think that I really overall love the designs. I think Meganium is a very, like, 
And this is where the jump in design, it's a very different feel to the other ones. Like it's got like the flowers in its necklace. Um, I like the color shift between the three of them, but I think it's, uh, you know, I just, I'm a big fan of these starters. Like overall, yeah. I'm a big fan of these starters. Oh yeah. Like I played yellow, but Jogo, the gold and silver games were the ones that I was really into younger. So mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. And one of the things we bring up across these is just like, just general character design notes that we talk about a lot mm. and how Pokemon has been when they're actually trying and not just doing duck with stick. Um, <laughs> Who is a legend? Thank you very much. Yeah. Sir duck with stick. Um, <laughs> speaking of darling, have you assembled your uh, six duck with stick team? That was your job, but I know I'm still yeah. working on get, picking up my copy of yeah. the game. But um, yes, I've beaten Pokemon shield and I did with a duck with stick. A Sir duck with stick rather. This guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this guy ducks. But yeah, they uh, but they're very good about like very simple design principles to like give personality, distinguish things, and make you feel like you can actually just from looking at some of these pictures, you can get a sense of how you expect these things to behave. I mean, you said happy puppy. Yeah. yeah. Like you walked away from a single still image with like no shading even. It's just like a very like <laughs> flat image with like three colors in it. Yeah. 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 You got a mood. Well, I think what's interesting is that they are clearly happy puppies, mm -hmm. for want of a better term, but you can also imagine the quick turn when they need to attack something, or they'll just, you know, they'll be all cute and cuddly and then just go, Gar! Yeah. Yeah, and Meganium, at the very most, like, definitely looks like it has a little bit more of a, I wouldn't even say an attitude, it just has, like, a self-assurance to itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, big fan of this grass this grass starter trio. Darling, where do you come down in terms of these compared to Bulbasaur? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> weirdly, I feel like you need Bulbasaur for the first one to indicate that it was going to be weird but familiar. This is definitely a sequel thing where you could go fully just like, here's something weird. We're going to say it's a grass type just because. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So you, yeah. Think like, so you think that there could have been like a Chikorita, but like... A fire Chikorita. Like, there's nothing about, uh, like, is that what you're trying to say? Well, no, because it's got the leaf. I'm just saying, like, for the first game, for the, like, here are your three Pokemon, you got to have a, it's a water type, a fire type, a grass type. Bulbasaur is a more familiar looking creature because it looks like a frog or dinosaur or something. Mm -hmm. Whereas Chikorita, you just give me that. I'm like, okay, it's got a leaf, but what is this? Hmm. Mm. I mean, I'm with Mandy. I think it very clearly spoke to me as being like a puppy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, hey, I like, I want to <laughs> make clear, I like this Pokemon. I'm just saying like, it's clearly something they could only get away with in the second game. I love that that mm. tone of voice with which you issued that last statement just clearly belies how far into <laughs> primary season we are. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make clear <laughs> that I do like this Pokemon. <laughs> it's just not my first choice. <laughs> but in terms of total alignment on our platforms, Bulbasaur hues a little bit more closely to my uh, take on the issues and where clap. my priorities lie. And then Meganium looks like like a kind, rich woman. Like, <laughs> like, right. like, like Laura Dern. Where you're like, listen, I don't love rich people, but you get a pass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Ivanka's neighbor who just stood outside with the glass of wine watching the protesters. It <laughs> was clearly like, having the time of her life. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. okay, you go last in okay. the, in the uh, revolution. <laughs> I have noted the absence of Trump visits back to New York after the first year of his pre presidency <laughs> yeah. because God bless New York City. Shout out to my hometown. Every single time he showed up back in New York <laughs> at the start of his presidency, he was getting protested at his building. Yeah. Um, 
and I'm pretty sure, like, yeah, now anytime he leaves the White House for a visit to one of his properties, it's always in Florida now. Yeah. 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 Um, Mandy, how do you, you, you're familiar with Bulbasaur. How do you feel about this, about this one? Where do you fall on this issue? Well, as on the Bulbasaur <laughs> chicory issue, <laughs> as a as a Pokemon expert, I'd have to say that these ones are way cuter, and so I do like them mm. more. <laughs> mm. All right, so moving on, let's uh, move how, on to the second. How big is five eleven? Yeah, yeah. That's the other weird thing about these designs is that, especially when you look at them in images, they never provide anything for comparison. <laughs> There's it's no human like, for scale. Yeah, it's never. Yeah, it's. <laughs> God, I could just... tell you as somebody. As someone who was a, a preteen once, I can tell you my 5'11 reference would be Orlando Bloom is 5'11. Oh. Huh. That's like. <laughs> so I'm... you can use that and then picture Orlando Bloom. Right. Yeah. I have a thought. <laughs> the three uh, Gen 1 starters from the original games are all boy targeted in one way or another. Hmm. Like we mm. got a kind of weird, gross looking frog with a, you know, salad on its back. <laughs> uh, we've got. A lizard that's on fire. And then we've got, okay, the turtle is more gender neutral. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They I, could I definitely mean, expand the audience with this uh, generation, I think. Yeah. I definitely I definitely think they saw the potential. Because I think this is also the first gen. Like, were you able to be a girl in the first Pokemon No, game? it wasn't until Crystal version that they introduced a female avatar. Yeah. And then I remember... Uh, Frequent uh, friend of the show and guest and multiple time guest host Michael Chow pointing at giving uh, Professor Oak shit for asking, <laughs> are, "Are you a boy, boy or a girl? girl?" And Chow just saying, "Why do you have to be so fucking binary?" <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Shout out to Michael Chow, love yeah. you, buddy. Um, well, yeah. So that's yeah. just my thought. I think about why those. That's a good point. Yeah. Why. This one seems like something that could be in the sequel because they've already got their built-in demo that they were going for. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't looked at it through a gendered lens, like, but I was definitely about to point out as we jump into the Fire Boys for this generation <laughs> uh, that these guys definitely have a much more aggressive energy. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I guess in terms of like classic design associations or things like and tropes like that, like you could associate with a more masculine intended energy, but yeah. you know, gender is a construct. Um, so I was just looking at it purely as like, here's a happy boy. Here's here's an angry boy. <laughs> I mean, Cyndaquil's a pretty a pretty calm boy. It's just a boy that's got a fiery back. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, yeah. So Cyndaquil, Quillava, and Tiflosion. Uh, Wait, do you say Tiflosion? Typhlosion? How? Yeah, would you I always it? say Typhlosion, like huh. typhoon. Oh. Huh. Okay. That's what I thought it was. It's like I a, mean, fi I, it's a firestorm. Oh, I like that. I like that. That makes more sense. I'm still gonna say it wrong probably because. You know, <laughs> 20 years of training, but <laughs> I mean, anytime you pick whatever, whichever one you say, I'm just going to say the opposite just to continue to like volley and fuck with you throughout the rest of the episode now. <laughs> Yay. But, um, but yeah, but Cindy, uh, this whole line is pure fire. And I don't mean that in the, uh, Dylon way. Uh, <laughs> Spit hot fire. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, yeah. So, what do we think about Cyndaquil? I think it's an adorable little fire mouse. I like that it's got the, like, is it a mouse or it's kind of a porcupine thing? Because it's got the fire quills. Like, the middle stage is literally quill lava. I mean, one thing I'll say about Pokemon that I've discovered about myself over the course of <laughs> these 
two dozen or more episodes that we've thus recorded, is that when I was playing Pokemon as a little kid, and you'd run into gym leaders that only had rock Pokemon, only had water Pokemon, and somehow thought for some fucking reason that you <laughs> wouldn't just show up with a single Pokemon type to wreck their day. <laughs> like, I remember thinking to myself, like, what a bunch of dumbasses. Like, if I were a gym leader, I would have a well-balanced team, blah, blah, blah. But and then you go- think about having six ducks with stick. Six ducks with stick or just like an all-fire dark team because mm-hmm. I'm just – I just have my preferences. So it's been well documented that I love fire types in general. I always picked fire starters to begin with because I'm I'm obsessed with aesthetics and I am a masochist as well. Fires are always <laughs> the hardest starter to go with. Um, and, yeah, so I am a big fan of this generation's fire fire team. Um, especially the super angry energy, which mm. is reflective, interestingly, of like the energy that Charizard gave, especially after like Charmander. Oh yeah. Um, well, it's the same way here because uh, Cyndaquil is you know, much more calm. It's just kind of like it's a sleepy looking boy. It's a little Brock mole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got Brock eyes. I mean, it's I, super cute. Has an attitude. It's thick as hell. And it knows it's steel. It is thick. <laughs> God. thick. I do This is love... the thick starter of the generation. <laughs> yeah, I do love that, like, yeah, the other two evolutions especially have, like, the streamlined, longer, like, ferret yeah. and otter bodies, but they still got that, like, junk in the trunk at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> like, they definitely... <laughs> you know those, like, draw... Like, what the, like, how to draw a horse where they start with, like, circles to establish the shape? <laughs> you do that for Quilava and Typhlosion, and it's just a penis. <laughs> start by drawing a penis <laughs> oh my god like as a little baby Cyndaquil's mom it's just like this is your body type and you just need to make peace with it you're just a little <laughs> well, penis well even, <laughs> C- well even Cyndaquil's shape is a little chode <laughs> let me know this is the second rodent Pokemon you've compared to a chode Cyndaquil is a Cyndaquil well Cyndaquil especially with the nose ends up being a chode with like the little reservoir tip of a condom left on <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. We're starting off this generation after like a hiatus with Michael Darling questioning why he came back already. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Uh, my one little bit of disappointment is that I don't think there's enough change because t- uh, Typhlosion mm-hmm. really does look like Quilava except for just thicker and now it's bipedal. Yeah, doesn't one of them have, like, a mohawk, I think? I mean, uh, I, I remember, I checked the images before oh, yeah, we started, yeah. so I'm not sitting with them in front of me. Yeah, Quilava, like, the flames pop out of its head, but then... And yeah, so whereas uh, Typhlosion has more of a flame, you know, rough, but coming from the back. Okay, so yeah. that's, yeah, so I have in the notes, I do have the notes in front of me, and I noted that Quilava is kind of like the teenage punk phase hmm. of the evolutionary line, so that's that makes sense that it has the mohawk. But, like, without that note in front of me, I, you could put the two of them in front of me, and I would probably not be able to truly guess which one is which. Hmm. Yeah. I, mean, um, wait, I feel aren't like the both? evolution to standing doesn't make sense to me, because if, if I had fire on my back, I wouldn't expose my soft underbelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Cyndaquil, as I made the comparison to a mole, I realized, like, oh, no, it's more of a porcupine. Yeah. And I get well, it. Quills, yeah. <laughs> I definitely had one of those slow moments that uh, we are that we know I have yeah. from time to oh, time. Oh, it's dentia, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, the other two, but yeah, the other two, I mean, Fire Pokemon in general, and this is one thing that I've always had an issue with the uh, Pokemon universes, is that all these Pokemon are fire hazards. We already deal with, like, I mean, 
it's been all over the news that Australia was dealing with like is catastrophic. Well, I thought I thought that rains had finally come and put most of them out. Eh, it's still going. It's the still problem. going. Yeah, right. So yeah, so but we are seeing like just how dangerous you know brush fires and forest fires and wildfires are. And think about a world where there are thousands of open exposed flames oh, on yeah. the backs of porcupines well, or not even that like a horse that runs through the forest with flames on its back and then we have to decide if we're going to put them all down <laughs> i love god i love i love that like pokemon only for po- only for ponyta and rapidash just kind of hand waved away like oh yeah i can keep from burning you if it doesn't want to like <laughs> that's their hand wavy explanation the rest of them you fucked it's very like it's very uh kind of like magical blue flame type of thing like oh it's only hot if it wants if it wants to be <laughs> yeah. hot yeah. <laughs> yeah um I don't have much more to say other than I think the shinies are kind of bland like they basically add a red filter to them so I do want to point out um a show that I finally got around to watching after like s- distancing myself from it for years but like Typhlosion reminds me of Pickle Rick. Um, especially once he gets his like body upgrade and the sores. I'm gonna need goes. a citation and an explanation on this. Okay, so first off, I avoided Rick and Morty for years because of like problematic, asso- like problematic fan association. Fair. Which it's like it's the Bernie problem. I love I love Bernie and I love Rick and Morty and I hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, as as a guy realizing that like. I don't consider myself consistently problematic. <laughs> I'm willing to accept. You know, that's the clip that they're gonna play as soon as we find out some dirt. And I, and I am, and I say that as a man who is like willing to learn if I do something problematic. Like if I say something that like comes from a place of like, oh, I didn't know that. Like yeah. I'm always willing to learn and grow. That's why I say that. Um, and so I try to avoid bringing up shows that like will automatically yeah. <laughs> get that off uh. um and books like i do not openly bring up kurt vonnegut unless somebody <laughs> else mentions him first uh, i feel like vonnegut like you have to be more well you have to read for one thing so there's less of a problematic fan base oh buddy oh really no it's uh, real bad really it's real real bad. holy shit have they not like have these people not read actual vonnegut these uh bad fans oh actual vonnegut is pretty problematic really like he uh-huh. cannot write women women worth a shit oh yeah well that's true his uh yeah he's terrible about that uh. um happy birthday wanda june is probably the best example of just how like overtly mm. like sexist and misogynist his views are um, but that's one of his stage plays, so people don't read that one as much. But you see themes that repeat throughout character design of all of his huh, main women characters. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I had a great moment. I had just recently posted, like, God, if you'd told, like, 12-year-old me that of all my childhood heroes, Stephen King would be the only unproblematic one. Like, Because, like, Johnny Depp's a creep. Yep. And then Stephen yeah. King posts, like... I don't think diversity should be get that much attention. Oh boy, <laughs> it's like I'm not paying attention to diversity when I make my. I saw those tweets, and here's the stupid thing: is that like I actually had a friend because I I saw because he didn't do it as a thread. He yeah. posted each part of that thing individually. Oh god! So is I saw an old man. Yeah. So I saw like the third tweet of four in my timeline first. And I was like, oh, what a nice sentiment. Yeah. And, like the third tweet by itself is really cool. Like I am all about like. You know, diversity matters and people need a shot. And these people are being shut out of the conversation. And the most important thing is that people need that shot. And I'm like, 
Fuck yeah, Stephen King. It was like his apology without it saying, like, I, I'm sorry, I think I... Yeah. yeah, and so I retweeted that, and then a friend of mine said, oh, you need to read the tweet, the two <laughs> tweets that preceded that first. <laughs> and I was like, god <laughs> damn it. And he... Like, I... He's absolutely one of my favorite authors, but, like, some of his women, I'm like, oh, yeah. what is this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so... Back to Rick and Morty real oh, quick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and about, like, problematic takes on that is that, you know, the kind of toxic masculinity that kind of harps on Rick and, like, glorifies, like, Rick as a uh, as a hero totally is missing the point. Like, that's just plain and simple. There's no other way to say it. Like, yeah. you couldn't miss the point harder if you thought that the great Bar- Gatsby was an endorsement of, like, uh, Prohibition. <laughs> um, well, so, I mean, I only read until the last chapter, so, you know, <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, like, you know, he covered up a murder, and it seems like everything's going to be fine. <laughs> I mean, if Scott Fitzgerald died, what, like, 14 years later, he could have, uh, he could have gotten around to another thing. Well, no, two years later, actually. No, no, so. longer, right? Because that was, because he, he was in the, the process 40s. of writing the next novel after that, I think, because he moved, he moved out to uh, Hollywood. There's a great, uh fictional account of, like, F. Scott Fitzgerald's last days called West of Sunset. Ooh. Um... And it's great. It like documents like his time in Hollywood leading yeah. up to his death, like as he tried to write the love of the last tycoon. Yeah, because that's the thing about Louis B. Mayer, more or less. Yeah, um, and just yeah, it's very tragic. I mean, mm-hmm. it's completely it's a completely fictionalized account, but um, but Rick and Morty. So mm-hmm. Rick to try to avoid going to therapy, and I should <laughs> finish that thought that Rick is very clearly meant to be an example of how not to be. Yeah. Um, but he to avoid going to therapy transforms himself into a pickle um, that leads to him ending up like in the sewer and using his uh, massive genius brain. He first like manages to like use insects to get around. Like he kills a roach and like just uses like it's uh, simple and like reflexes to command a roach and then like goes up the food chain. Eventually it devolves into like diehard basically. Basically, yeah. It becomes him like in an office building as like Pickle Rick like just trying to shoot his way out of an office building. (laughs) But like, but when he first dons his like Pickle Rick like mech bodysuit or whatever (laughs) made from like rat carcasses from rat carcasses and corpses, basically that's that's Typhlosion. So now we're back to the Pokemon. Okay, I, I can see it. I'll allow it. <laughs> and I mean, that that rage moment when he puts on that new body art, like that new bodysuit and whatnot, and just goes like full ham on like a dozen rats <laughs> is one of my favorite moments of, of TV in the past two years. Um, I mean, it's a well-written show. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's one of those things like, if I hear, I've loved Star Wars my entire life. When I hear someone say they're a Star Wars fan, I become like, <laughs> yeah. okay, tell me more. I'm a little nervous now. Uh, well, not your entire life. You loved Star Wars up until December 21st, I thought. There was something that came out December 21st? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a brave move of them to just do eight movies. I know people wanted a ninth episode, but I think it was a brave move. Because nine, nine would have been so symmetrical and balanced. But yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think they realize their diminishing returns can't get better than Last Jedi. Let's just keep it there. Like... Yeah, for me, I got really distracted in Rise of Skywalker, and I brought this up, and nobody, I posted this on, like, Facebook and Twitter, asking people for, very genuinely for an answer to this, but has C-3PO's midriff always just been a sweater with wires drawn on? Uh, more or less, yeah. Okay, that's Like, I mean, it's looked more rubbery, I think, before. Okay. And that was the full criticism of the film, I believe. Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise, perfect film, but it just really ruined my immersion at a crucial emotional beat moment. That they in no way undermined with a dumb running joke that they drilled well into the ground and then threw the mantle into magma. Um, 
I mean, Star Wars sucks takes are a dime a dozen, but I mean, it really can't. It it just really is so sad that like Ryan Johnson really handed a gift of something really interesting you could do, not just to like complete, you know, the trilogy of trilogies, um, but to also like set up the overall franchise with so much more nuance that could have potentially been explored hmm. in terms of like a nuanced spectrum of morality and force relationship that like i think ryan johnson was honestly like oh i was looking past episode nine i was thinking yeah. about this franchise yeah. more or less continuing well, like, with more rogue ones and stuff like yeah. that the joke i saw was uh last jedi is maybe she's born with it rise of skywalker maybe she's palpatine <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on to the Water Boys? Yeah, the Water Boys Unless, are. Uh, do we have any other thoughts on the Fire Boys? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so the Water Boys are definitely the uh, the names that I have the most issue with for whatever reason. Um, I'll explain it in a second, but Totodile, Croconaw, and Feraligator. Um, <laughs> so we should note, crocodiles and alligators are distinct species, and for some reason, <laughs> two of them are named after crocodiles. But then all of a sudden, the third one jumps to alligator. <laughs> And that just bothers me. I mean, they already used the dial and the croc part. They ran out of puns. So, I don't know. Maybe name it croc-a-dial. Because, like, apparently changing one letter is sufficient with bay leaf. Why couldn't they change, like, an O to an A? Crack-o-dial or something. Like, it's just... I'm, I'm bothered by it. I mean, this is my favorite of the three lines, so... I mean, I do want to say when I was a little kid, like, obsessed with, like, nature documentaries and stuff like that, crocodiles were, one, like, I mean, like, every little kid is. You have, like, those animals you're super fascinated oh, yeah. with. Yeah. Crocodiles were my thing, because they're just, like... Oh, my God, I'm so obsessed with crocodiles. There's this place in Australia where you can go, sw- like, have you seen the plastic tank thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me more. Where you, the, you get to go in this tank, and then you're, like, right next to them. Huh, that's fun. I know. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I like the Totodile line a lot. I think mm-hmm. that it's a perfect blend of cute, goofy, and fierce, like, in all three of them. Mm-hmm. They also just look like the most fail sons of the entire Pokemon <laughs> line. <laughs> <laughs> like, especially, I think, for Alligator, having that, like, very, like, jowly type of, like, rounded jaw kind of looks yeah. like a Homer Simpson of a Pokemon. Oh, <laughs> I would say uh, more Croconaw has the Homer vibe. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, but you're not far off. I think... For alligator with the arms that are just perpetually at its side is what I love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love all nine of the Pokemon that we're discussing today, but I do need to point out that I, you know, in terms of the rankings, this is probably the lowest rank for me today, mm-hmm. um, which isn't saying much. I still love it. But Croconaw, I said, you know, it looks like an S- like a boss from like the SCNES era of video games, like a boss yeah, battle in yeah. like a Mega Man game. <laughs> Which isn't a bad thing. I love the Mega Man games, but it just very much seems like the type of thing that would pop up at Mega Man, and like he'd get a water cannon gun from it. This is like a late period Mega Man X character that has like a name that's from a Guns N' Roses member. Actually, actual there, thing that <laughs> happened. Actually, Mega Man X Two does have a crocodile boss, and mm. it does look a lot like this. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I'll have to look it up. Um, but yeah, you fight him in like a little swampy room. Neat. Where he can like swim underwater and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I love these guys because they just look ridiculous in the best way. I was looking at the wrong picture and thought he just came with a bow tie, but it's just the picture I pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the design flaw I have found is that the bow tie isn't built in. <laughs> um, it should have been. <laughs> I mean, we've we've touched on the fact that like so many Pokemon very weirdly in nature occur with human clothing features. Yeah. Oh, like, they're Pokemon that are born with karate geese on. God, I hate those two. We're not going to get to them for a while, but I just want to go on record.
record saying I hate sock and throw. I mean, we're going to get two Pokemon that in this generation that have boxing shorts. Doesn't Hitmontop have uh, have little boxing shorts on? Uh, no, I think uh, that's Tyrogue that has it. Which, oh, there we go, yeah. Yeah. That one's less weird to me because it's not a full-blown gi. It's still shorts. Oh, yeah. Well, you can <laughs> With leave stripes it. and I even, know. like, the little ruffles for, like, the elastic. Hey, some animals naturally have hammer pants. <laughs> okay. So I think we can assume that an Adam and Eve getting cast out of Eden kind of shame has affected some of the Pokemon, <laughs> but not all of the Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> So I do. So one of my so one of my favorite things that I haven't done in a while. I get to do some real world since we're both fans of actual crocodiles and alligators. I'm gonna do some real world comparisons. So for alligator is seven feet tall. Okay. And one of the weird things that we always expect, especially after like talking about a five foot eleven unit of a grass Pokemon, is wow this guy has to be completely unreasonable. Seven feet is actually them holding back for no good reason, because. <clears throat> The Chinese alligator, five to six feet long, 500 pounds. Um, American alligators average twice the length of a figure per alligator, up to 15 feet long. Wow. Um, and so, but this time, this is like one of the r- rare times that the weight that they're proposing for, for alligator, 200 pounds makes sense. Hmm. But again, even crocodiles, 13 to 16 feet. Like, for whatever reason in this fanciful world where they could have even just aped real world creatures, mm-hmm. they said, no, seven feet. <laughs> yeah. like, oh. Although this is a alligator crocodile that's standing up, so true. But I mean, it's still only standing up at seven feet tall long. Yeah. Like so. Oh, so like his tail isn't being counted in. Well, uh, uh, maybe, but I'm just saying like it would be more ridiculous if they went the full like eight feet or something and it's standing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just wonder why they're. Yeah. Why do Pokemon kind of cap out at that height for whatever reason? Like, I feel like eight feet generally tends to be the kind of cap space for their height, and that's just very weird to me. Even yeah. like, I Onyx mean, I know is pretty long. Well, so I know we're gonna get to like bigger creatures. Yeah. Like, there are the occasional bigger creatures like Onyx, but I mean, why is Onyx the exception and not a little bit more the rule? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, especially when, again, there is precedent for this creature potentially in terms of its real-world counterpart being twice the size it actually is. Um, you know, they have an opportunity to make that third stage something truly, like, astonishing that you've achieved by having it be your friend from the beginning of the game. And they kind of yeah. they kind of whiff that, I feel like. But yeah, yeah, I mean, the other thing I do want to mention about alligators and crocodiles that I always think is an interesting factor. Crocodiles factoid. are bigger, right? Crocodiles tend to be longer. I think alligators are the bigger, like, oh, okay. beef unit. And it's but a again, it saltwater, freshwater thing also, right? Yeah, that too. The Nile saltwater croc is the biggest one of the of the bunch. Um, that one gets up to 17 feet long. Although there, I think there have been, and that's the average. Yeah. Um, but there have been ones that have been found up to 20 feet. Oh my god. Um, and I think that's one of those cases where, but like the alligator is like beefcake, whereas the crocodile is like a sleek murder machine. Um, <clears throat> I mean, these these are creatures that that fossil records have shown have not evolved in any meaningful <laughs> way in over 40 million years. Wow. Um. They've just been that perfect. I'm a big fan of like these kinds of designs that when they do hearken to these real world things, but they give them a very different personality. Mm. Like this guy seems like he's just kind of lumbering around like the forest as opposed to just like hiding out underwater. Like yeah. he does not seem stealth at all. Yeah. No. I mean, Although, his, his belly drags on the ground. Yeah, too. The amazing thing is that uh, one of the Pokedex entries for Feraligator mentions that uh, it will kick the ground hard with its thick and powerful hind legs to charge at the foe at an incredible speed. So imagine that weird, angular, fat unit just <laughs> running straight at you. 
I don't want to. It's <laughs> honestly terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I want to point out something very odd about Feraligator. Its name, it's spelled F-E-R-A-L-I-G-A-T-R. No O there because they only had that many characters to work with in the Pokemon naming system at the time. Yeah, which is why uh, Farfetch'd, you could not actually name... We pointed this out in Generation 1. You could not actually name your Farfetch'd Farfetch'd from Gen 1 because you got it traded to you with the name Ducks, and you could not change that yeah. Farfetch'd because you didn't have the proper characters to do it. Which <laughs> is um, hilarious, yeah. For some reason, the, the fire guys are scarier because they're on, on fire. fire. But... <laughs> For some reason, I would find this scarier if I like walked into my apartment and it was there. <laughs> yeah, I don't, and I don't even think. Yeah, I don't even think it's a matter of like if I just saw it at a park, even yeah. if it was on a leash, I would be terrified. Yeah, yeah. Like Typhlosion, I might actually think that could be friendly. Um, How tall is Typhlosion? Typhlosion, I have to imagine, is I'm, I'm gonna guess like all these guys are probably gonna be like the same height. I'll put some elevator music in here for people. <laughs> Typhlosion is a little bit shorter. It's five feet seven. So okay, five and a half feet. So no. Yeah too much shorter like it's a foot and a half shorter I mean, so a foot and a half makes a difference that's true um but still it's like still coming up to you at like human level height yeah like it is not a punchable height <laughs> um yeah. fans of the show will remember that i define punchable height as anything <laughs> under four feet <laughs> <laughs> Wait, anything under four feet yeah because like in my opinion like in terms of a punchable pokemon you want it to be like i could because these things are able to shoot fire and freeze you yeah. on the spot yeah you can't punch something that's five feet it's just gonna like shake it off and then blast you in the face with a flamethrower so okay you want like a clefairy that if you punch it it's gonna like roll away and you can get like a head start before it tries to cast <laughs> metro or some shit um yeah we already we Fans of the show will remember, I was not a huge fan of Clefairy in that episode. <laughs> I just think it's a dumb fairy. <laughs> Aww, little cloud wings. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. My last thought about this line is that I just love the shiny. It's this like aqua green color with the fins are all blue. It's horrible, and I love it so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We got um, anything else? Any closing thoughts on these uh, on these water bad boys, Mandy? I like these guys. They look there's kind of a, a doofusy look in the eyes. <laughs> yeah. But like I like I like the design. They feel <laughs> they feel like they'd be the kind of Tinder date that wouldn't really have a whole lot to say except <laughs> yeah. for like how the football season is going for their favorite team. <laughs> but you can tell they're really sweet. And the fact that they totally knew the Chiefs were gonna make it all along. <laughs> The, yeah. These are the guys who like wear shorts in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Oh man! All right, that just painted a complete yeah. picture. Uh, so before we get into Mon's world, I just want to know: you're a kid starting in the Johto region. Which Pokemon are you starting with? Who are you picking of these three lines? I'm always picking the fire. I'm picking Cinderella. Okay. I'm going to pick Chikorita because I think it's a cutie. Oh, that works out because I'm doing Totodile. So, <laughs> perfect. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That was a complete spread. How well done. Go us. All right. Well, we Nothing's may not, getting left behind at the lab. We may not have had Mon Mom this week, but that won't stop us from having our other three regular segments to close <laughs> us off. Uh, so we've talked about the Pokemon in their world. Let's talk about them in our world. Welcome to Mon's world. <laughs> a celebration of the harmony between humans and Pokemon. This is my world. 
All right, so uh, so Mandy, this is the segment where we talk about what do we think these Pokemon would be doing? How would they like exist if they existed in our actual world? Like, would they be pets? Would they be game? Would they be serving some kind of a societal function? Um, would they be running on a platform with Darling, uh, <laughs> issuing statements about how he actually does approve of the Chikorita line, <laughs> despite picking Totodile? The I don't hate any of these. They're all good. <laughs> um, the Totodile line feels like, like when people get like, like pit bulls or German shepherds, mm -hmm. and part of you is like, well, I, I want every dog to have a home, but you're also like, are you trying to prove something? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go That's ahead and good. associate them That's with with, Demo with Democratic Party candidates. <laughs> oh boy, um, Elizabeth Warren's absolutely a bay leaf because she does have that like super happy, like she's hot, so high energy, like that yes. is like yeah. one of her yeah. trademark things. Um, and then I would, th I, I think. I think Bernie Sanders is straight up a croconaw. Like, not full-on for alligator, because I don't think he's as terrifying as that, but he does have that, like, amazingly, like, sort of, I don't want to say churlish. There's, a there's, like, a better word for it. But he definitely has that, like, almost grumpy energy. Like, oh, yeah. And, oh. I mean, it works for him, because, like, today with this whole thing about, like, Hillary oh. Day, like, with her statement, some, like, a reporter <laughs> asked him, like, what do you uh, think about Does she want people to not like her? Is she ever like, oh, I'm worried people are coming around to me? Well, and then... <laughs> It's like, God damn it, people are going to start showing up in these fucking woods again to bother me. Get out of here. I missed that period in the fall where she just turned into a cryptid. That was fun. It was like for two months after the campaign where people were like spotting her in the woods and taking photos. And it's like, all right, all this for a retweet? Like, come on, people. Well, because I thought, I was like, what a stressful thing and she needs time to collect herself. But then I kind of thought she'd come back and like prove that she could be a leader in a different way and she really hasn't been there for anybody uh, i really wish she would have like uh hit all reporters with the same energy luke skywalker did at the start of episode eight which is like <laughs> reporters show up with the microphone like a lightsaber and she just takes it and throws it over nice. her shoulder and walks away well, my aunt has been connected to dnc politics for you know since the 70s or so and Sometime around when Bill went on Loretta Lynch's airplane and had like a 30-minute conversation with her while the email investigation was still going on, my aunt was at a family dinner and was just saying, the Clintons are very stupid, smart people. Well, and I think Hillary's cold. I think she's a cold woman. So I, I think at the end of the day, she's really bummed she wasn't president. Hmm. Yeah. To get us back to the Pokemon, I think Cory <laughs> Booker would be Totodile. I, I feel like... I think Totodile would actually be Amy Klobuchar because oh, you think yeah. like, okay, nice, friendly, and then it throws a binder at you. I, that's why I'm going to give Amy Klobuchar the Quilava Award. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that fierce mohawk. But like at the end of it, like I actually do kind of like her for some reason. <laughs> Even though she just looks you in the New York Times. <laughs> so if you, so if you were picking Pokemon, you're going to pick as your starter both <laughs> Chikorita and Cyndaquil. No, I mean, so it is it is uh, interesting that I am a uh, Warren supporter, and I mean, but I, uh, but yes, I would pick the fire starter. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I just think, you know, the, I, the starters are always kind of a weird bunch because they always just feel very pet-like to me. I don't think there's ever much utility yeah. oh, yeah, for definitely. any of them. So that's why I kind of went the uh, candidate comparison route for Mon's World this time. My one note is that... Uh, Who else is says, still running? 
<laughs> who else is still running? Uh, Tom Steyer, who I've said this on Twitter, I'm convinced he's only running because he wants to be friends with he's all these people. He's absolutely yeah. the Cyndaquil. He's absolutely the Cyndaquil <laughs> that wants to grow up to be the badass yeah. like, fire Pokemon. But, yeah, I, just the stuff where there was that clip from, uh, this was, we're recording on, what is this, the 21st, and there was that clip on the 20th of him and Bernie at whatever event it was for MLK Day. And it's clear, like, he yeah. just wants to be friends with everybody. It's the funniest thing to me. Tom is like, not even one of the Pokemon. He's, like, a hotel manager. And he's like, did, uh, did anybody else need a room <laughs> for the he's big Professor game? He's Professor Oak. <laughs> he just looks like the guy. He just constantly has that energy of that kid from high school who anytime he saw the group talking, he would just... <laughs> insert himself into the circle and just say, hey, guys. He just has strong hey, guys energy. Uh, yeah. My joke is that he's got a group text with all of the other candidates that no one responds to. Like, he'll text anybody want to hang out tonight, and Bernie will be like, I'm sorry, I'm not interested, I'm so sorry. Warren will politely decline and say, maybe we can do that in a couple of weeks. Klobuchar just replies, who is this? Steyer has strong left-on-read energy. <laughs> he's, he's like the guy who majored in theater with everybody, but he would never gotten any of the plays. <laughs> At a like certain point, you're like, we're seniors. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do your senior project on? <laughs> he also transferred in is the thing. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. uh, my one note about Mon's World, though, uh, seriousness, as it were, uh, is that Chikorita produces a sweet scent from its leaves, so oh. they probably use that in perfume or cooking, but not in the sense of cooking Chikorita directly. <laughs> Yet. We'll get to that, maybe. Yeah, so I think uh, that's where they would be using one of these Pokemon, is for scents. Got or maybe as, like, teas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure there are Chikorita leaves that just fall off. Like, yeah. probably bay leaves necklace as well, of the pine cones, whatever you, those are. I mean, Martha Stewart would 100% have, like, a Chikorita assistant oh, on her yeah. TV oh, shows, yeah. and she would be, like, showing you how to make Chikorita potpourri. Yeah. Like, that would be some shit. Like, her, just, a, just here's a gift for you listeners. I want you all to picture <laughs> Martha Stewart with a Chikorita, making Chikorita potpourri with Snoop Dogg, and then them rolling up a Chikorita blunt. That is a friendship I love. <laughs> oh, so it makes good. me sad that Snoop keeps hanging with these ex-cons. <laughs> Oh man, I love the fact that like when six nine Takashi six nine uh, got like sent got sent to prison um, and was like working out as a deal for cooperation. Like Snoop Dogg took the chance to shout out Martha Stewart <laughs> for like <laughs> like calling her a bad bitch because she because she didn't rat on nobody and did her time. <laughs> I remember back when that whole thing was happening. There were all of those photoshops of Martha Stewart with prison tattoos, and it was the stupidest thing. And I still laugh about it. Oh man. <laughs> All right, I think we're good on Mon's World. So uh, we've talked about how the Pokemon are. Let's uh, talk about how we might change or improve them. This is Mon Mods. All right, Mandy, do you want to start us off? You can make any change that you want, any one change to any of the Pokemon today. Change a type, change a name, change uh, something about their appearance. Something that you think would make them better, in your opinion. Well, then I think I'll go... Oh, now I don't know any of the names. <laughs> the last, the, the big fire guy. <laughs> oh, uh, Typhlosion. Uh, yeah, Typhlosion. Now you're doing my pronunciation. I, I said I was going to do it. God damn it. <laughs> I think I'm just going to stick with what I, like, it's just funny to me that, like, s there's so much, like, belly exposed. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's got a beer gut. Because, like, there was, there's more fire and, like, the middle guy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, these are all thick Pokemon. Yeah, one of the things about the Pokemon design that has been present since the first generation, especially with Charizard, is that they're all very paunchy. Like, I think that's their way of kind of making them very friendly and, like, yeah. even yeah. at their most fearsome, still somewhat approachable, but... It just seems against animal instincts that it would stand. Yeah. yeah. It yeah, seems like, oh, a couple of weeks ago, my girlfriend and I were just sitting in her apartment, and literally nothing unusual was happening, but suddenly her cat, who is sitting on uh, a little poof on a table, he gets up and just stands on his hind <laughs> legs for like two seconds, <laughs> and Meg and I both look at each other just like, are you seeing this? Is this? And then he just went back down, and we don't know what happened. There was no noise or anything. He just... so. I, before I moved into the apartment I'm in now, I was on a ground floor apartment and like lived there for like five years, never felt like creeped out. And then I had a day where both of my cats just randomly did that. And I was like, what are you looking at? And there was a man standing outside my window. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think because he, he wasn't like peering in. I think he was just out of it. And uh, I just went, what? What? He ran away. <laughs> I mean, Marlo was security looking system. <laughs> Marlo was looking into the living room. He was not facing a window. Oh, so, so you have a ghost. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I immediately thought. Because I don't know if you guys saw this a couple years ago and it like really started to pick God. up steam online. But the Dear David stories. <gasps> that got me. Yeah. Because huh. like, that guy had videos of his cats acting very weird as part of like the whole thing. And I remember like the cats were standing on, like would go up on their hind legs and do that too. And huh. that's why when... Michael told me that story about Marlo exhibiting that behavior. I was like, okay, so there's a ghost in the apartment. When people were saying, like, this has to be fake, I was like, I don't care if it's fake. It's such a well-told story. I thought that one of the more interesting things about it was that, unlike most people who plan out a hoax like that, he actually had a very interesting sort of pacing to it where yeah. it didn't just constantly escalate, escalate, yeah. escalate. Sometimes he would go to like something truly fantastic and then he would actually like come back to something very banal or yeah. mundane. Um, so you were never quite sure where it was going, but it was very well done. Yeah. Um, I think they're making it into a movie. That's the last I heard. I mean, every now and then he'll people will ask him about it. And like, I think one time he... Like, I think he does have some kind of, like, a long game planned for mm. it. Um, but he, because uh, somebody asked him about it, like, a year after his last update on the Because he's matter. just a cartoonist, isn't he? Yeah. I, I, actually so. have his, uh, I actually have his collection of comics. It's actually very entertaining. Yeah. Um, hmm. Very good, very weird stuff. It may not necessarily be for everybody. I'm just very bizarre myself. Yeah. He does the um, hangnail one, right? Yeah. I think Ugh. he does the one where, like, his it, like he keeps pulling at the hangnail yeah. thing. So it's kind of like... God, that's the most uncomfortable <laughs> yeah, moment of Black Swan to me. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Um, Jesus. God, Darren Aronofsky's just a master of that. But, yeah, he basically takes that Darren Aronofsky moment and then just stretches it out where, he unzi <laughs> where the cartoon character unzips his entire skin from himself. Oh, like Rebel Wilson and Cats. <laughs> yeah, except with a hangnail. <laughs> <laughs> Which just, like, add into the cringe factor of, like, if, you're, if you've ever tried to clean one of those up and, like, <laughs> it doesn't go, it doesn't heal the right way. Ugh. Isn't it funny? Because I'm a huge horror movie person. And I feel so numb to most, like, like limbs getting slashed up for stuff, but then little tiny stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, only <laughs> because well, it's something uh, that you might yeah. have happened to you. Body torment always bothers me more than just outright gore. Absolutely. Um, so like, yeah. So the black swan thing, like yeah. seeing people actually get tortured will oh, always yeah. bother yeah. the hell out of me. Yeah. For me, it's you chop off somebody's arm, whatever you pull out their fingernails. I'm yeah. like, Oh no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely um that Maybe reminds, it's I, empathy too. You well, I guess that's what you were saying. I have no <laughs> you concept. You see a guy with no arm and you're like, whatever, buddy, well, fuck it's, you. It's that, well, it's I that can't you imagine have no, it's you have, you have no point of relation of like, I don't know yeah. what having an arm chopped off feels like. Yeah. That's yeah. where you're coming from with that. Whereas, oh, I know exactly what it feels like to have that hangnail yeah. go too far. Yeah. Just, you know. Totally. Um, so it's just purely the fact that you have the memory of that. that mm. you yeah. Know it. Um, whereas like, yeah, I mean, especially gore, like, so a question for you on the horror movie thing, because I, like, oh, yeah. I love horror movies too. Like, what, kind of horror do you tend to like because there because even within horror i think there's so many subgenres and things like that. i think i think probably my like one of my favorites is like the descent i love like mm. intense monster movie stuff okay. and hereditary got me so good mm. because i am terrible about like if the second somebody's like and you'll never guess the twist i look it up oh, i can't yeah. stop myself and Hereditary is one where I didn't I didn't know anything about it going in, and it got me so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still haven't watched it. It's been on my list for a while now. But um, but yeah, no, I'm one of those. I'm very similar to that too. I feel like there's like a 10% of the population um, yeah. are people that don't care about spoilers and who are actually motivated knowing spoilers. Hmm. I just um, saw like some study that was like it can increase your enjoyment of something yeah. because you aren't sitting there like what's going to happen what's going to happen you're like oh how do we get to that point yeah well call back to my whole thing about uncut gems like once i realized what the movie was and then that kind of mo- the fact that like i wanted to watch the movie with that whole framing of like oh this mm. is a gambling addict yeah. and this is like the very definite end he's moving toward i yeah. actually had a greater appreciation for the movie oh, yeah. on the second round well like i'm looking forward to watching parasite again knowing yeah. the full picture but i'll have the opposite with dramatic tv shows or if i know like a divorce is coming up or something, I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch it. Oh. Well, because, because in my opinion, I mean, a twist is never worth anything in and of itself. A twist is only worth as much as the plot and character yeah. development leading up to it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, any good movie that has, that's why, you know, I say The Prestige is a fantastic execution of yeah. that because The Prestige absolutely, like, makes the twist worthwhile to the extent where as soon as you learn the truth at the end of that movie, 90% of people, like, want to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's honestly one of my favorite games to watch that movie with people and guess which one of the twins is in a given scene. Oh, yeah. God, that's good. Like, spoilers for a 14-year-old movie. For, yeah, <laughs> I think that's past the uh, past the limitation. Yes. Board, so. um, but, yeah, I, uh, you know, I love just guessing, like, and I just name them Angry Twin and Nice Twin. <laughs> <laughs> Angry Board and Nice Board. Which board are we getting in this scene? <laughs> oh, David like, Bowie's in that. Yeah. I haven't seen that Tesla. forever. Is that uh, his last film appearance? Uh, no. I, don't I think he might have so. had one more thing after yeah. that. Yeah. All right. So I'll double I, check that later. But so I'll be real quick on my mon mod here. I don't like Croconaw, so I. Oh yeah, that's what we're doing. Mon mods. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, so I want to take Croconaw out. Let's make for Alligator the new second stage, and then let's get a third stage actual crocodile that lives up to the real world co- counterparts, and then I also get satisfaction from my OCD desire for symmetry, and then we go from crocodile name, alligator name, and then crocodile name sandwiching the alligator neatly in between, as opposed to the weird imbalanced jump with like yeah. alligator just kind of hanging yeah. on the end there. Well, what if we change just the names? We kept the Pokemon as is, but we swapped Croconon for Alligator. Well, I also kind of want the opportunity for something that is potentially a little bit more streamlined and Mm. looks a little bit more like the sleek Mm. killing machine that crocodiles actually are. Yeah. So that's that's the other reason why I want that. I Um, get that. But... You know, for me, just Croconaut needs to be that kind of awkward middle stage, whereas for Alligator looks very like this is the final form. I don't think so. I think for Alligator can very much look like a very awkward middle stage. It's <laughs> paunchy. It's got the Homer Simpson mouth. 
it's just uh, you know, it just doesn't doesn't strike me as a <laughs> doesn't strike me as like a truly like I definitely if I saw him coming at me, kind of like Mandy said, if yeah. I saw this thing coming at me, I think I'd be scared at first. But then it'd be one of those things where like when a moth scares you, where yeah. you're kind of like, wait, did I just get scared <laughs> by a fucking moth? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. All right. Good. And now, welcome to 2020, our first of my favorite sections of the new year. Mr. Darling, you know what it is. Oh, yes. Why, it is, of course, Mon Appetit. <laughs> like my personal crack medicine. Surprise. All right. Um, Mandy, this is a section where we, most people get completely caught off guard by this who don't thoroughly read the notes. But this is where we talk about uh, one Pokemon of the day that we would like to eat and how we would want them prepared. Um, would you like to start us off? Oh, no. <laughs> I love those reactions. Oh, that's good. I will say that. So that does remind me. So I started uh, running a D&D campaign a couple months ago. And so... Because Michael Darling is aware of just how gruesome my imagination can get at <laughs> times and how bizarre. I have one player who's just very hard on his sleeve reactions. And I've just literally started looking every session for him to cry out, Jesus Christ, Blue, at something I do. <laughs> um, fair. Yeah. it's uh, It's been a lot of fun. Shout out to uh, actually former uh, guest host on the show, Nathan York. Hmm. Sup, buddy? Um, but... Yeah, so I so I'll give you some inspiration here, Mandy. I uh, my dad lives in Florida, so I've actually had a uh, crocodile bites. So I'm gonna go with fried mm. for alligator bites. Um, oh, that's good. I think especially with like the paunchiness, <laughs> I think there's like a nice little bit of like marbling on that meat. Yeah, I had a chicken gator sausage at a now defunct restaurant called uh, Steingarten. Uh, great sausage. I don't remember what all was on there in terms of you know fixins, but yeah, like gator's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll choose uh, just to go. I'm just attacking this guy in every. <laughs> so I'm going to go for Typhlosion. And my reasoning is I wouldn't eat one of the babies. And because of the kind of rodenty look, I think I feel like it wouldn't be endangered in any way. Mm. Huh. That's okay. my reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know how I'd want it cooked. I mean, our longstanding <laughs> theory is that fire types are self roasting. Okay, perfect. <laughs> okay, so I want to go back to the Democratic candidates thing. I know which one Pete Booty Pete, Pete Booty Boy would be. Um, he would be uh, he would be Seal, because he's just a uh, amorphous blob without any defining characteristics, and he doesn't belong here in this discussion. <laughs> Boom! I can't believe no, he's no, still in the race. No, I'm going to disagree with you slightly. He's Ditto because he's whatever he needs to be at that moment, oh, and God, he's an amorphous yeah. blob naturally. Oh man, I um. How old is he? he's like thirty? 37. Okay, two key moments for uh, Pete Booty Boy that I want to point out to listeners. Okay, I'm just going to call time out on that one and say, <laughs> I want to remind you, he is gay, so Pete Booty Boy is incredibly problematic as a nickname. Didn't think about that. I was just going because I can't, I'm never sure how his, la- like his, the the last part of his name is pronounced, Budigeg, Budigeg. Oh, that's the problem. Like, I think it's Budigeg. Uh, I think so. Okay. Like, I haven't paid a lot of attention to anything. It's a thing where doing. I thought I wouldn't need to learn his name, but well. Okay, sorry about that. I was just trying to shorten his last name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not making a comment on that. But, yeah, it is. But that's a. I'll unfortunate just call it. that the first openly gay presidential candidate has butt right in his name. I'll just call him PB. So PB. <laughs> Mayor Pete. Mayo Pete. 
PB has two key moments that I just like uh. calling him peanut butter also, like the PB <laughs> reference. Um, PB had two moments where he was like, there's a video of him speaking to like a uh, group, I think of African-American protesters who were like, who he like introduced himself and opened by saying, I'm not trying to get your vote. And the woman just instantly fired back. You're not going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, as of today, I think I shared this with Michael right before he arrived yes. for recording. Uh, PB had his Jeb Bush please clap moment where he literally closed In the same room <clears throat> as Jeb's please clap moment. Literally had to, like, gesture and say, come on, for people to clap at his, it, like... Besides, like, Bi- I mean, unfortunately, Biden and Warren and Bernie, I'm like... The rest of them still being in it baffles me. It makes me think of like me in high school being like, maybe I'll be hom- homecoming queen. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Tom Steyer is just there because he's lonely. Oh, man. Just looking to try to make some contacts and have some memories to look back on. Yeah. It's very weird that over the last week I've become an ironic Steyer supporter. Just like I find it hilarious that he's there. He's the summer camp friend that kept writing you for months <laughs> yeah. after, even after yeah. you stopped yeah. replying. We should Skype. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, darling, I, did you uh, did you get in what you would eat? Oh, yeah. I'm basically just for alligator sausage. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Right, well, the other, yeah, the other one's not nearly as appetizing looking. Yeah, I'm sure meganium is delicious though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Touche. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh uh, yeah. Mandy, thanks for coming on and starting this off the new blast. year with us. Yeah, <laughs> I had a uh, had a lot of fun. I'm glad we're getting back into it. Thank you for helping uh, jumpstart us for the new year. Thank you guys. Um, before you go, do you have anything you want to plug? Where can people find you? You can oh. find her at Steyer2020.com. <laughs> uh, you can come and see my second city long form team. Well, I don't know when we perform, but I'm on day job. <laughs> Saturdays occasionally. <laughs> what else am I doing? Oh, and follow Where me on Twitter. Where are you uh, Second city. Oh, okay. I'm Mandy Bossard. At Mandy Bossard on Twitter. <laughs> That's Mandy spelled with an I, not a Y. That's Bossard spelled with an O, not a U with some kind of an umlaut. <laughs> and a star at the end. <laughs> I spell blue with an O-U. <laughs> um, but that being said, uh, I don't really ha- Well, actually, no, I do have something to plug. I actually uh, finished up my fourth novel. It's going to be available on oh, Amazon. In a week, as of February 1st, so you'll be able to get that in Kindle paperback, and I'll be recording the audiobook version of it too, uh, the spectacular Seraphim versus the Fame Monster. So, Ooh, hell yeah! Uh, shout out to that. I completely spaced that. I actually <laughs> finished that up today. <laughs> nice, um, congrats. Oh yeah, I forgot. I finished a bunch of books too. Sorry, no. I was, uh, yeah, I was focused on getting the recording set up. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter as always at uh, y w h y underscore blue b a double l double o. And uh, Mr. Darling, what have you got going on? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at future has been uh, on Instagram at la non confidential. And I just had a piece published in Discover Hollywood magazine about the history of the Tam O'Shanter. So, if you want to, yeah, if you want to read about a 98-year-old Scottish restaurant in Los Angeles that was frequented by Walt Disney, go to Discover Hollywood. All right. Very Sounds cool. fantastic. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us uh, as we push onward into 2020. Mandy, it was great having you. We hope to have you back again. So, so fun. And uh, as always, I am Yanata Blue. I'm Michael Darling. Thanks for being here. Wow. Wow.
Al Pacino! It's not Al anymore. It's Dunk. Dunkachino? Don't mind if I do. What's my name? Dunkachino. It's a whole new game. Dunkachino. You want creamy goodness? I'm your friend. Say hello to my chocolate blend. Attica, ooh, lucky light. This whole trial is out of sight. They pull me back in with hazelnut too. Caramel swirl. I know it was you. Everyone wants my Dunkachino. Can't get enough of my Dunkachino. Kids from seven to seven. Eat